What we've got to do is to have an honest uh, conversation with each other uh, about uh, each side taking on some of their sacred cows. And frankly, that's what the American people uh, expect. And welcome to Planet Money. I'm David Kestenbaum. And I'm Robert Smith. Today is Friday, July 22nd, and that was President Obama, you heard at the top, talking on NPR's Tell Me More. Today on the podcast, more crazy twists and turns in our story about the over $1 billion coins that are sitting unused in government vaults. And we'll tell you about a very clever scheme to get frequent flyer miles for free. And we're going to go to Ecuador. Yep, all those stories are related. But first, the Planet Money indicator from Jacob Goldstein. Today's Planet Money indicator... 21%. Uh, Most investors who hold Greek bonds are expected to take a 21% loss on the value of those bonds. This means that, yes, Greece is going to default on its debt. Shocker. Right. And (laughs) this, of course, is according to the big Greece bailout package 2.0, which was announced yesterday in Europe. You know, Jacob, Zoe and I were over at PIMCO, the big uh, bond fund, and talking to Rich Clarida there. And he was saying that when the Maastricht Treaty was signed, setting up the euro, they did not, there's no provision in there for anyone defaulting or for anyone leaving the euro. It's like they they didn't think about this. This is completely uncharted territory. Yeah, even a couple years ago, you would never have imagined that a country in the euro would default. It would have been this total catastrophe. And, you know, I mean, I should say the way this is set up, it's sort of a default light. They they call it technically a selective default or a restrictive default. And bondholders have all these different options, and it probably won't trigger credit default swaps on Greek bonds. But still, it's a default. And, you know, what's really striking to me is the response from investors is clearly one of relief. Interest rates are down not only on Greek debt, but also on the debt of the other European countries that are in fiscal trouble. And, you know, this is partly because the governments of Europe, Germany and France in particular, are are clearly stepping up even more and saying, yes, we're going to back this with our money. We're going to hold it together. But still, you know, the day after this default is announced to see interest rates going down, it's a sign, I think, of, of how grim things have gotten in Europe, where this previously unimaginable catastrophe of a default is seen basically as good news. It's like the investors were saying, we knew Greece wasn't going to be able to pay it back. Now you finally said, okay, we're not going to pay it back. Here's how much we can pay. And it's sort of a relief. Yeah, it's, it's the relief of Europe accepting reality. Thank you very much. Thanks. Thanks, guys. All right, Robert, a couple of weeks ago on this podcast, we told everyone about the results of an investigation Planet Money did with NPR's Robert Benincasa. We found out there are over a billion $1 coins sitting unused in government vaults. It turns out this is all due to a law that Congress passed and then sort of forgot about. The law required the minting of a new series of dollar coins honoring all the presidents in order. It also ordered the continued minting of those Sacagawea dollar coins honoring the Native American guide for Lewis and Clark. And if you're like me and you haven't seen those dollar coins anywhere, you are not alone because these have not exactly ignited the public's desire to use the dollar coins. And because of the way the law was written, there are way too many coins made, produced every year. Something like half of the dollar coins minted since the program began four and a half years ago are sitting unused in government vaults. David visited one a few weeks ago. Over a billion coins. So many of the Fed is running out of storage space. The coins that do get out there into circulation do make the government money. But the coins in the vaults are a waste. It costs 30 cents to make each coin. So 30 cents times a billion coins, that's $300 million wasted so far. And we're only partway through the president's. We're at Rutherford B. Hayes now. He's number 19. 
And this is where the twists and turns start in the story. At the end of that podcast, we asked people, has anyone even seen a presidential dollar coin in circulation in the wild? And if you have, let us know. And we got this very funny email from a listener. Her name is Jane Liao, and she said she knew where some of these coins were. So we called her up. The subject line of her email, I should say, is, I have a lot of $1 coins, and I'm not a coin collector. Well, um, so I, um, my husband and I are, are travel hackers. Travel hacking, she explained to me, is basically it's various clever ways of racking up free, frequent flyer miles. And the dollar coin trick to doing this works like this. The, the Mint, remember the Mint has to unload all these dollar coins it has. It has been allowing people to order coins online. So Jane says what you do is you go to the Mint website, you order a bunch of coins, and you pay with one of those credit cards that gives you free miles for every dollar spent. And it's genius because you are ordering money on your credit card. Normally on a credit card, you would buy something and you would rack up miles. But by ordering money, it's not really costing you anything and you're getting all these frequent flyer miles. And then you wait for your coins and it comes in, a, a, um, I think, maybe a week or two. And they come in little cardboard boxes of 250 and it's it's pretty heavy. Now, sure, at this point, you have a bunch of coins to deal with, but you can just take the coins to the bank. You can just deposit the dollar coins and then use that money to pay off your credit card. And bingo, free, unlimited, frequent flyer miles. Jane doesn't even have to pay for shipping to get the coins because the Mint is so eager to get the coins out there, it offers free shipping. And you can order the coins over and over again. So you could just churn through those coins. And how many dollars worth of coins have you ordered uh, a few thousand dollars worth. When was the last time you did this? Uh, just a few weeks ago. So that's why we still have a bunch of coins sitting in our living room. I should point out that this is one of a number of tricks that Jane and her husband have for getting miles. But it all adds up to some pretty nice vacations. We're thinking of Greece and Istanbul, and we're hoping to do it all on miles and points. Jane says she feels a little guilty, but she does try to take the coins and actually use them to get them out in circulation. She's actually gotten to like the coins, though I have to say it's a sign of how rare this is that people call her the coin lady. We'll take them to the farmer's market. They're actually very convenient in San Francisco for parking because the parking meters accept them. So they're, they're making their way into San Francisco Bay Area. Now, this may sound like dollar coins are entering into circulation when Jane spends them, but there is a problem here, which is that if Jane alone spends these money and no one else wants to spend them, then they end up back in government vaults. Here's what happens. Basically, Jane goes and spends a coin at a farmer's market to buy a peach, say. And if the peach guy who she pays takes that coin with all the rest of the money he makes and deposits it in a bank, that dollar coin is probably done for. It's going to end up back in the government vault because who's going to take a dollar coin out of the bank? When most people get money out of the bank, they take $20 bills out of ATM machines. And most people don't go to the teller and say, hey, I want all my money in dollar coins. So what happens then is that the bank turns the coins into the Fed and asks for paper dollars instead. And the dollar coins sit in vaults. So the government at this point, it had to pay to have the coins minted. It paid for free shipping to send them out through the mail. And now it has to pay for storage. So as we were wondering how common all this was, we got another email from listener Tim Brooks. I have ordered um, two orders, one for $500 and one for $750. Jefferson, Adams, and Jackson, one box of each. David, this seems like a really slow 
way to get free travel. You know, I mean, I have one of these credit cards. You get, uh, what, a mile for every dollar you spend? If you order 1,000 coins, you get 1,000 miles, and you need at least 35,000 to get anything good. Aha, uh-huh, but Tim says where this is really useful is when you find a credit card that has one of those initial offers, like sign up for this new card, and once you spend $1,000, you get 75,000 miles. Ah. In that case, you order 1,000 coins for the mint, and you're done. You've finished your initial spend, free flights. <laughs> now, apparently, Tim does tricks like this a lot, and it, it sounds like a huge pain and a hassle to go through. And in fact, his wife thinks he's crazy. But get a load of what ordering coins has helped him get. I am uh, going to Hawaii in a week. Basically, the latest haul with my uh, miles was the round-trip flights for me, my wife, and my son, four nights in Maui in a condo, and then the inner island flights between Maui and Kauai, five nights in Kauai at a condo, and then two nights at one of the nicest hotels in the island there. In addition, a latest promo basically gave you cash to spend for travel, so that'll cover all my baggage fees and my cars. Now, David, I, I have to say, don't these people hate you now? I mean, they had a good deal going, and you talk on the radio and you, you tell everyone about this. I mean, isn't there a risk that this whole thing is going to get shut down now? Caitlin, our producer, did get a, a very, very angry email. But the Mint has known that people have been ordering coins to get frequent fire miles for a while, and it tried to stop it. I talked with Tom Jerkowski, a spokesman for the Mint, and he told me that back in 2008, the Mint found a handful of people ordering an enormous number of coins and started getting these strange reports from banks. Dollar coins were being returned for deposit unopened and still in their United States Mint boxes. So pretty quickly, the Mint figured out what was going on. You know, people were ordering coins and then just returning them to the bank. People were using different credit cards, different addresses, different. they were using aliases to try to get around the system. All to get frequent flyer miles? <laughs> All to get frequent flyer miles. Um, what did the, 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 the top abusers, how many coins were they ordering? Well, there were, there were some that were ordering um, up to 600,000, 700,000 coins. Wow, that's a lot to carry to the bank. <laughs> that, that is a lot of coins. Do we feel a little bit violated? Yes. And, and that's why we aggressively sought measures to eliminate this, what we call an abuse. It's an abuse of the system. It's not right. The Mint sent letters to the top abusers who are also, unfortunately for the Mint, its top dollar coin customers. And the Mint set up these limits. So you could only order $1,000 worth of coins at a time, and you could only place one order every 10 days. You know, when you first started to talk about this, I checked out the Mint's website where you can buy these $1 coins. And it is the saddest thing because on the website, right here on the front page, they basically beg people not to do what some of these people are doing. It says here, I'm going to read off the screen here, you play an important role in the coin's success, so please spend them. The more $1 coins you can help circulate, the better. Did you see this other part where it says no returns? (laughs) (laughs) They're going to return eventually. (laughs) So these limits the Mint set up, we know, though, those did not affect Jane Liao or Tim Brooks, and they certainly did not affect people like Ben Schlappig. I'm I'm not as heavy of a hitter as other people. I guess I've ordered probably maybe thirty or forty thousand dollars worth. Thirty or forty thousand dollars worth of dollar coins. Yes. Just last week, I came back from a trip from uh, Australia and uh, Singapore and uh, Malaysia, all in first class, just uh, on miles. Partly thanks to the you know dollar coin program. Ben told me he orders as many coins as he can, a thousand coins every ten days. And we talked to him because he writes this travel blog called One Mile at a Time. And I was trying to figure out. Is this common? How many people are doing this? I mean, the Mint has mailed out $284 million coins through the mail. 
how many people were just trying to fly for free? Ben thinks there are still a lot, a lot of people out there doing this. For instance, he says one of the popular travel hacker websites, Flyer Talk, has a thread with over 15,000 posts on it, all about ordering dollar coins to get free miles. No, 15,000 posts, that's a lot, but that could be the same few people over and over again. Or one person. Yeah, it would seem like the Mint might want to actually figure out how many of these coins are coming back, how many people are doing the scam. Well, the Fed did a study, and they gave us a copy of it, where workers went around to the vaults, and they counted some number of the coins by hand just to get a survey. They actually hand-counted 60,000 coins. And in particular, they looked at these Native American Sacagawea coins because those were only going out through the mail order program. And they found that 60% of those coins were coming back to the vaults. They went out through mail order, but they ended up in the vaults. Oh, you know, I, I hear these stories, David, and I think this is just one of those classic bonehead moves by Congress. I mean, well-meaning, they really thought that the dollar coin could be successful, could help the United States, and then it just goes awry. It has a life of its own, and it's incredibly expensive. After our stories aired, we did start to hear from some people on Capitol Hill. The head of the Senate Banking Committee, Tim Johnson, and two other senators on the committee, Jack Reed and John Tester, all these are Democrats, wrote a letter to Ben Bernanke at the Fed and the head of the Mint, Richard Peterson, asking basically how can the program be fixed. We've also spoken to staff on the House side who are trying to figure out what to do. Jackie Speer, Democrat from California this week, introduced a bill she hopes will fix the presidential dollar coin program. Here, I have a copy of it for you. It says, da, 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 bill to amend Title 31 United States Code to terminate, terminate the presidential $1 coin program. She told me she thought the best way to fix the program is to kill it. It was a grand experiment. It didn't work. So it's time to you know accept that fact and move on. You're a Democrat. This would mean that the government would never make FDR coins or coins with uh, Kennedy on them? Well, as as painful as that is, <laughs> the fact of the matter is that most of those coins would sit in vaults across this country. Speer was not in Congress when the initial presidential dollar coin law was passed. She says she's only actually encountered a presidential coin once or twice. I only recall vaguely having this coin in my hand one day thinking, is this really a quarter? And then trying to um, use it in a meter and a parking meter and finding out not only didn't it give me 25 cents worth of time, it gave me nothing. <laughs> so if the, the program were actually killed now, I mean, obviously they would stop making the coins, but that still leaves a billion plus coins sitting around in vaults. Well, the, the idea is that those coins would very slowly be able to make their way out into the world over the years as old coins wear out or as demand grows, as the economy grows. And the nice thing about that is that it's a way to undo the damage. The coins in the vault right now are a waste of $300 million. That's how much it costs to make them. But if you can get them out into the economy, then you start to recover some of that money. You know, David, I, I hate to pull this out at Act Superior, but I am Canadian. And in Canada, we actually have a dollar coin that people use all the time. It's got a, a little water bird, a loon on it, and we call it the loony. Are you telling me the, the reason the U.S. has failed to adopt the dollar coin is just that we didn't put cute animals on it and instead went with dead white guys? Cute animals help. You know what also helps? Eliminating the $1 bill. <laughs> I mean, that's what Canada <laughs> did. They took the paper out of circulation. And guess what? People will start to use the coin. Because they didn't have a choice. So, you know, I mean, that would be an option here, except that polls show most people like paper dollars because they are lighter. I mean, it is true. If you travel through Canada or when I travel in the U.K., 
you have to distribute your coins between your two pockets. Otherwise, your pants sag on one side, especially those those pound coins are, are, are quite heavy. There used to be this argument that coins saved the government money because they lasted longer. But that is actually no longer the case. The most recent GAO, Government Accountability Office, report on this says that these days dollar bills last a lot longer than they used to. And when you do the math, coins do not save money right now. So it's hard to argue for switching to dollar coins, especially when people don't want them. Robert, though, I have one final strange email we got in the story from a listener, Rebecca Kays. It turns out there is a place where people do honestly love the U.S. dollar coins. It's just not in the United States. Rebecca, so you sent us an email and it said the first line is, I know where the dollar coins are. (laughs) Where are they? They're here with me in Quito, Ecuador. I use dollar coins every day, all day to do a lot of my purchases. Just in my wallet today, I have about $4 in change, and three of those dollars are dollar coins. Rebecca teaches science in Ecuador, and Ecuador doesn't really have a functioning currency, so they use U.S. currency there. But the paper $1 bills, they don't hold up very well there. The dollar bills get really trashed really fast because... Things here in Ecuador, your daily purchases are so much cheaper. Lunch, for example, is anywhere from $1.50 to $3. Taxis, the base rate for a taxi when you walk in, the cheapest you're going to get out of that taxi is for a dollar. And most of my taxi rides cost anywhere between a dollar and a dollar fifty. So there's an enormous amount of wear and tear on, on every dollar. Right. And it's not like when these bills get trashed that we can just send them back to the bank and get more. They just disintegrate. And then eventually it gets to a point where you have a bill that's so trashed that no one will accept it from you anymore. I can imagine people in Ecuador sitting around staring at these coins wondering, who's James K. Polk? Who's Zachary Taylor and why is he on my coin? She says actually they get mostly Sacagawea coins down there, but I would guess they also wonder who she is, given that a lot of kids in this country probably don't know who she is either. Is it possible that this is where the dollar coins have gone? Is this why I don't see too many? Are they all on vacation in Ecuador? I haven't found a great way to get a a handle on that. The population of Ecuador is like 14 million people, so they've probably got millions of dollar coins there. But it seems clear the country is not big enough to absorb the $1 billion coins that we have in vaults. This is why we won't delay for your birthday. Hey, it's David and Robert again. We're back. It's about an hour after we recorded that podcast, and we're back because my cell phone just rang, and it was Tom Jerkowski, the spokesman for The Mint, and he had some news. He said that effective today, right around now, The Mint will no longer allow people to pay by credit card or debit card when ordering dollar coins through the mail order program. That's amazing. Is it because of your story? It's certainly after our story. It's a good way to put it. Um, He said the limits that they put in place on orders, 1,000 coins every 10 days, that had clearly eliminated some of the abuse, but not all of the abuse. When we undertook these aggressive actions initially, we felt that that would um, solve the the issue, and it obviously didn't. And uh, that's why I said this is uh, the next logical step, and uh, this this should do it. He says people can still order dollar coins through the mail order program. They just have to pay by wire transfer or by check. We are still interested in more of your stories on dollar coins, especially if you've spotted them abroad in other countries, secret dollar coins hidden out there in the world. Shoot us an email to planetmoney at npr.org. Or leave us a comment on the blog, npr.org slash money. I'm David Kestenbaum. And I'm Robert Smith. Thanks for listening. Code and crystal.